to some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Uh, I don't know. You have to have a favorite. What comes to mind? Um, Halloween. You know, the one with the guy in the white mask who walks around and stalks babysitters. Hi, I'm Shah. I'm Ollie. And we are Creeping It in the Family, a podcast where we dish details about all things horror. Episode 34. Episode 34. 34. 34. Scream 2. Scream 2. Finally onto a sequel. <laughs> do you know what I was trying to do? And I was, I'm going to tell you this now before we even start like, this podcast. Uh, I, I don't know why, but when it's like episode 34, I was like, oh my God, what if I rhyme them with something to do with a podcast? I was like, this could be hilarious. But then I realised there's only nine numbers. Yeah, it would, have, it would have. I think it would have. And I think it'd have run out. It would have died out very quickly. <laughs> so I didn't. But I, I'd nearly went thirty four on the door. But then I was like, "So big." What am I going to rhyme for with <laughs> next time? <laughs> I'm going to run out of words. Yeah, Scream Two kicking off our sequels. I imagine you'll be very much talkative about this, seeing as you are the Scream Queen. I love Scream. So a few much. points I want to make before we start. I'm going to retract my statement. I said a few episodes. Sydney is the best final girl. I've come to the conclusion. You've decided. You've made the penultimate. Uh, How long has it been since you watched this one? Mm, it wouldn't have been that long, but it's it's probably been a while. Which brings me to the point. I think... Uh, it, I want to say I prefer this film to the first, but I don't. But I feel like it is a very good sequel. Yeah, it is. It almost exceeds its... It's, it's the first... It's the first half of it that kind of lets it down. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, <clears throat> I think there's, there's no, there's no real story to it for a lot of it. It's just kind of Mindless. like teens getting slashed. Yeah. Like there was, I think what lets it down is Mickey being one of the killers because I think it's, it was a cheap shot. at We need a second killer. I don't think he's in the film enough. Mrs. Loomis is in the film a lot. Like. When you watch it back, you know who the killer is. You, you, there's a lot more hints to it being her. Like you, you recognise oh, it. I love this. Like Lewis. her being at the phone box and the way she speaks to Gail and asks her questions. Where I feel like Mickey was just kind of like, there was no, and especially because he had no motive, which some people might think, yeah, well, that's what made him a good killer. But I, I don't think it was. I think it was a cheap shot. Mrs. Loomis is my favourite killer. She's not my favourite. She was a good one and she she acted really well in this film towards the end of the scene, yeah. Towards the end of the film, sorry. Yeah, I mean, I love this film, but you're... And I'll make a statement. I was sitting there through a lot of the film like, Sydney, what are you doing? Like, when you when you watch it back and you're like, survival tactics, I'm like, not not a good move, Sid. What are you doing, Sid? But I... <laughs> But this is what I think made made Sydney uh, like one of the best final girls is that she don't give a fuck like yeah she doesn't she's scared. not she's scared but she's not scared like it's the first meeting she has a what meeting the first phone call she has with him straight away she's calling him out oh, why don't you, why don't you show yourself then like show you, yeah exactly she's always she's on the attack in a way she's not she's not cowering off scared as, as what most people would do yeah she she is like the she's the best final girl going she is fantastic. It'll just be uh, interesting to see what comes a bit later on in the screen five. Yes. Oh, and another point, I'll, I'll get the cotton wearing board out of the way now. Um, I 
I'm disappointed with Scream 3 because I think Cotton should still be alive in Scream 5. I, th- I think he's such an interesting character and he's he's got depth about him. He does. He's got a and lot to do I, with that, his story. That's what I mean. He could, he could have played such a bigger part. Like, at the end of this film, he comes into play and I think... I can't, like I, I, Watching it just now, I've literally just finished watching the end. I watched most of it yesterday. But I thought, why would they kill him off? Like I know it. I think they was trying to make they a big shock, statement. They but had that, to shock the audience. That was the wrong way to do it. I don't think Cotton should have died in such a. If he was to die, I think it should have definitely been. It could have been a. Because at the end of the screen, at, at the end of Scream Two, Sydney and Cotton have kind of got a mutual respect for each other, mm. and I think they could have built on that and made a friendship out of it. Do you know what I mean? And then if they was going to kill him off, make it a bit more hurtful, but. It won't till the end of Scream 2, you kind of go, oh, Cotton's all right, like, Cotton's a good guy. And then in Scream 3, it's like, oh, yeah, he's dead. They well, they needed to open it big, didn't they, without killing off the trio. And really, there's only Sydney, Dewey, Gale, and Cotton, who are from the original. I just think it was a waste. They could have killed Neil's dad. They could have killed Neil. They could have killed Sydney's dad. That yeah, would have been just, a good one. I just think Cotton was... He had, they could have proper delved into Cotton more. In the in Scream Three and even carry him on to Scream Four and they didn't and I just yeah. I just think it was a bit of a waste and Scream felt maybe if Scream Three was a lot better of a film than it would have been. Whoa, Scream Three has its merits. Scream Three's no, it's still a Scream, but it's it's the shittest one out of all by love far. Scream 3. Yeah, but you love it for all the wrong reasons. It's yeah, not I do, it's to be fair. Scream One and Two you love because they're really good films. Scream Three you love because it's more of a parody. It's like it a bit fab. of a piss take. I love it so much. Anyway, let's crack on. In Scream 3, Cotton was supposed to be stabbed in the face. Like, you got a lot more violent death for Cotton in his opening scene. Mm. Uh, But it was deleted. Even then, I still think they shouldn't have killed him off. Definitely not. He could have been... He could have been one that survived the whole film and didn't die till the end. And I'd I'd have been more... I'd have appreciated that more. Yeah, that would have been good. I'd have appreciated that as well. Anyway, let's kick off then with the opening scene. So, just to clarify, this scene made me fearful. There's only two things that I'm afraid of, and that's public toilets, and especially cinema toilets. Public toilets because it terrifies me that Michael Myers grabbed the purse from underneath the door, and cinema toilets from this film. I always get terrified. I hate going to the cinema toilet. I don't know, I think... It creeps me out. I think the first two kills, like the, I suppose they're iconic in terms of the Scream franchise, but I don't know, man. I just... I think the second was definitely better than the first. The first one I thought a bit... And I watched carefully because obviously I know what's coming when he gets the knife through the door. Well, through the wall of the public toilet. Yeah. But there was no holes in the... There was no <laughs> holes in the in the wall. So how did he see him? And the the, the chances of you putting a knife through like a wall like that... Oh, yeah, you just stabbed through and had a guess. Yeah, this is what I mean. It, it was kind of like... Fucking, yeah, right. Do you know I what put, I mean? I thought, are the walls made of styrofoam? Is this what we're going yeah, through Yeah, exa- exactly. It's stabbing through a, a hard surface. And would surface. you ever put your ear next to a no, public exactly. toilet door the first, well? kill, the first kill was a bit kind of like, ugh. Well, but it, I think they tried to get more creative with the kills in the second film, and that's probably mm. why, why they came up with that one. But Well, let's pull it back a bit. So, at the very beginning, there's a few things that I want to sort of attach to, and that's, they were given free tickets. Do you think that Mickey... Got them the free tickets. Probably, yeah, because... Because he needed them to be there on that night. He needed Phil and Maureen. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Because it becomes Steve yeah. and Casey. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Steve and Maureen Prescott, sorry. That's my bad. Yeah, that that's what I mean. I, I think, yeah, he probably did give them free tickets. Especially being a cinema geek, he probably... Yeah. Like, you want... You want you want to know that thinking, why is he giving us free tickets? He's like, so it's a film for Nike, he recommends this film, we'll go yeah. watch it. So, yeah, I'd, I'd have said he probably... Probably could have done. Yeah, and also, may I add, whilst 
I would be fucking fuming at all the noise going on in that cinema. Like, the whole event itself, that is amazing. And do you not think it's such a shame that we'll never be able to do that due to, like, shootings and things like that? I, I said that, uh, one of my points is opinions on the atmosphere in the cinema, the flying ghost face used to scare the fuck out of me that came from, yeah. goes from the bottom of the theatre to the top. But then it gets to a point where I'd be like, fuck's sake, I've just come to watch a film. Like, can everyone yeah. stop screaming now and shouting? I think as a college teenager... I think it'd be exciting, mm. but as an adult, I would just get pissed off. Yeah. And also, launching popcorn around, do they not have any concept of how expensive popcorn is at the It might not be as expensive in the US, you never know. I don't know. Anyway, I don't, and also, may I add as well, so I love the fact that we see Stab. I wish I could watch Stab the movie yeah. that was based on Scream, because I just think it'd be hilarious. But... How did they get certain lines in the film right as well? This this yeah, always this, plays this, on my This is what I always like, think well... about when it comes to the, the scene where it's Sydney and Billy in the uh, literally in the same setting outside the public, yeah. outside the, the the school toilets, and it's not line for line accurate, but it's still very much similar. And there was nobody walking past them in the corridor when this happened, and which leads me to believe Sydney must have had a part to play in what happened see, in screen. This, but... this is why I think in stab. Do you mean stab? Yeah, yeah. This is this is why I think. I don't think that's Sydney having a part. I think that's just a continuity error. That's just a bit of a... Because Sydney, Sydney would not have been given them lines no. to explain what's happened and sold it to producers. And it's a Maybe they went off Gail's book or something. Yeah, but then even so, like, Gail, Gail wouldn't, wouldn't have known, have known about known, that. Yeah. But, yeah, it, I, and I understand. I don't think it's to, so much continuity, whereas Wes Craven's sort of saying, yeah, this world's completely unbelievable. Like, the, it's sort of the setup of, you know, this, this could possibly never happen. But if you set that off immediately within a film you get your ground and it's like right okay so this is we're not in reality i think it's just adding to the self-awareness by putting stab in there it's being self-aware of a self-aware film kind of it's like yeah. a film within a film within yeah, a film yeah it's a film within know. a film so then you've got so we've got marine and phil and she's not too happy about going to this film she she doesn't like the fact that there's a severe lack of black actors in it she's talking about how everybody's like white cast white this white that and then she's like oh and look, the costume's white. Mm. And, she, you know, she's not happy about it. She wants to go see the Sandra Bullock movie down the road. And they end up sitting down and she's sort of like, you know what, I don't... I, I'm going to go get something to eat. And I just love this bit where it's like, you know, you've got your own money. And she's like, I've got my money. Mm. I asked for your money. A little bit of comedic purpose there. But she goes out and she overhears the conversation between the two girls like i i don't want to go back in there this really happened this was really a thing and it sort of sets her on edge a little bit may i add as well when you order popcorn in the us when it's like no butter we don't get the butter option in the uk no and i was thinking about this and i was like but what is no popcorn no butter Mm. like is it already sweet is it already salty like or is it just like a popcorn and popcorn doesn't come buttered no it doesn't but if you're saying popcorn no butter then what is it like, just, what does it taste just, like, though? It'll just be, dr- like, dry, like, almost. It's just a popcorn, just a seed, isn't it? And when you when you heat it, it yeah, puffs, but, puffs out. But so it'd just be a puff. It wouldn't be, much, it'd be, yeah. like, no sweet, no salty, no... Pretty much. God, what a bland life. Bland life. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she goes, heads to go back in, and she gets scared by her boyfriend who had dressed up as the, in the ghost face mask. And she's still really shitty with him, and so he's... He says to her, look, let's go watch the Sandra Bullock movie down the road. And she then disagrees and she's like, no, it's not It's not a problem. He goes to the toilet and that's when we get the scene 
uh, we get we get his death scene. Yeah. Essentially. So did you did you reveal the what what the ghost face was saying? No. Did you hear what he was saying? It's a play on Friday the thirteenth. Kill her, mommy. Get her, mommy. No, that's what he was right. saying to oh, make right. him go against the door, and I was like, "Holy shit, that's quite clever!" And the he stabs through. Oh, I know. I mean, I know it's unrealistic. I know there's a lot of proportion involved with this. Like, it was definitely a styrofoam wall, but that's a death and a half. To imagine a knife going through your ear. Mm. Oh. It is just bullshit, though. The thought, the the force of getting the knife through that wall would be enough to take. I think the. A lot of the force away from the threat, like from the swing. Still though. Yeah, it's a gruesome death, but it's just one of the, it's. It's a strong death in terms of creativity, but in terms of realisticness. And it's the idea as well. It's in a very public toilet. Like, can yeah. you imagine if somebody needed a shit. Like most, that would be most game people, over. If you get stabbed in the head, they're going to scream, and then your you, your position's given away. I don't know. Is it shock though? You'd you'd fucking scream if someone stabbed you in the head. You're going to scream. Hundred percent. I don't. Yeah, but no, but I mean, I'm. I'm not saying you wouldn't. But he did sort of try and wail a little bit. But he was more focused on the fact he'd been stabbed. I don't know. Obviously, things conveniently have to work out so the killer yeah. doesn't get caught. We're right getting we're getting end. caught up in this, but yeah, he's dead. So then you've got the bit where she could. Well, she's sitting and watching the film, and Steve comes back, but it's not Steve. It's a guy. It's the ghost face. Yeah costume but because he's got the ghost face mask on he sort of blends in and he'd been wearing it before to try and scare her so she assumes it's him and you saw you're watching casey becker's death in stab but actually when she turns around she sort of feels something on his jacket holds her hands out and her hands are just coated in blood yeah so when she realizes this he starts gutting her in the middle of the cinema that is brutal it is brutal and again Nowhere near as unrealistic as the first, but I think surely someone fucking picks up on that. The way people are moving in the eyesight, like, I I know it has to work out, and this one isn't as bad as stabbing through a solid wall and into someone's head, not knowing exactly where their head's placed on this wall. This So maybe I'm just being too, like... Pedantic. Yeah, about it, but even then I think surely someone's going to notice that at some point. But they did. One guy did, but that's when she, she walked past him and smeared blood on him. Well, yeah, there was a, like, a spray of blood and he sort of started to notice. But at the same time, although I've not been to an event like that, I remember going to see the woman in black too and sitting down in the cinema and a woman dressed as the woman in black was sitting behind me. Was and it? Yeah, what, really? they were hired to oh. do it. And so it, because of the theatrics and because it was a sneak preview, they all had costumes, mm. there was a ghost face thing flying off and stuff like that. I'd... It is. I would say it's easy to sort of consider that that she was a hired actor. Yeah, possibly. Like, and so it is that they are unsure about it. But the going through the island is just stabbing her all the way, and then she manages to crawl up the stairs. I mean, fucking hell! Well done for getting mm. up the stairs. May I add, like that was a triumph. Yeah. And she just screams in front of the uh, projector and then falls to the floor dead and so that's your opening title card screen two we go to windsor college and we meet sydney again so she's sort of like face down in the bed the phone rings and it's somebody trying to prank call her we don't know this yet because it sounds exactly like Ghostface. in all fairness and he's asking what her fa- favorite scary movie is and she's asking who it is and he's like uh, he says something and then she picks up the caller ID she reads it back to him tells him what his phone number is and he's like oh shit yeah. 
she tries to remind him and say, you know, prank calls are not allowed. It's illegal in this jurisdiction, blah, blah, blah. But he's already hung up. And then she says, I hope you enjoyed the movie. And you know what? Considering it's only been a year since the events happened in Woodsboro, she's not doing too bad. Like, and she the, looks the pretty good. The movie hasn't even been released yet, is it? It's only a sneak preview at the cinema. So yeah, not... she's she's pretty put together. Like, she knows what she's doing. She's, she, you know, if, you, if you'd been through that sort of a brutal murder, you know, to, to be able to leave high school the next year and go to a college. And may I add as well, she's replaced a whole friendship group and got a boyfriend in that time. Not a whole friendship group. Well, you got, you got Randy. What do you mean? You said she's replaced Oh, yeah, the people group. that died, though. Oh, like, right. she's replaced Tatum. She's got a boyfriend, Derek, and you've got Mickey as Stu. So, you know, to be able to do that, she's a bit of a sociopath, I think. <laughs> Hallie is a roommate. We meet and she turns on the TV and we see that Cotton Weary is on TV and he'd been exonerated. So he was brought out of prison, obviously, because they worked out that Billy and Stu did it. And you can see it's not it's unfinished business for Sydney. Yeah. 100%. She's sort of just... She's unsure. She's still tense about it. And she ends up going outside and talking to Hallie, like, in the hall. And this girl says, you know, check out the news. Bless her. You can tell she fought tooth and nail for that part and she made that part her bitch. That whole line. Yeah. She knew what she was doing. And we learned that two people have been found dead at the stab screening and Sydney wants to go find Randy. And that's when we're introduced to Film Theory 101. And I love this scene. Yeah, it is good. It is good. Okay, so uh, we get the introduction to Randy again. We also meet Mickey, who is a relevant character. He is the killer. And we meet Cece Cooper as well, who is killed later on. They are talking about sequels and how sequels don't outdo the originals. And it is. It's very meta. It's all very in-depth. But I, I don't know about you. I... I really enjoyed Randy in the first film. This film, I can't stand him. He he pisses me right off. Uh, he's a bit obnoxious in this film, and I think the type of character Randy is. He kind of he, like I'd have thought he'd have been more up, like scared about when all this stuff happened, and Randy just like, oh, don't fucking matter, blah blah mm. blah. And even when he finds out there's another killer, well, when it's more obvious that there's another, well, it's a copycat killer. Like, he seems like the type of kid who'd be shitting himself, but for some reason he portrays, like, oh, I don't give a shit, blah, blah, blah. But no, I still like Randy. I think his death's one of the best things in this film. Not because he's dead, but the way it's done. But obviously we'll get on to that later. I don't want to ruin it now. Yeah, I mean, I like the fact as well. So they're on about, how does it say, which sequels are better than the originals. And one of the other... guys when when it's mentioned is like stay away uh, get away from her you yeah, bitch and it's like i believe it's stay away from her you bitch but actually it's not it's get away from her you bitch she gets the line wrong and i don't know what that represents his arrogance possibly yeah because i don't think Wes Craven would have fucked up with that or the scriptwriter or whoever yeah i think it's well originally he was meant to get the right line i did read this he was meant to get the right line but the actor had cocked up the other actor had cocked up so he said that line instead and Wes Craven kept it in because he was like yeah it just shows that he's not yeah. he's not all knowing and that does come back to bite him in later on in the film in terms of his knowledge of what the killer wants what that sequel rules are because he, he maybe he thought more of himself like he was a bit more of a final final guy like he'd be left till the end and that's yeah. why he got caught out definitely and 
then so Sydney's waiting for him because he's the only one out of Woodsboro at the college and so she you know I'm presuming she's they're still quite close and he speaks in this really fucking weird British accent and I'm not quite sure why yeah and then we meet Derek the boyfriend and Randy it's very clear Randy's still very in love with Sydney yeah and it it's clear right from the uh, opening of the film class well the ending of the film class because he's like well what would you do and he's like i'd let the geek get the girl and so sydney and randy and derek end up chatting and meet up with the other characters and in that point as well we meet gail weathers again yeah now gail weathers is fierce as ever she she showed a little bit of humanity in the first film towards the end and so but now she's just gone but back she does being... the same in this one doesn't it she's yeah, she's a she's bitch and then one. she goes it's all very cliche like dewey took like transforms her right at the end when she's about to start a news a news report again she puts it down to see dewey and it's i think i think gail, i think character. gail always has that streak in her of being being a bitch like being being there for the money i think in every film she's like maybe not the fourth one Oh, well, no, even in the fourth one, she still wants the scoop, as they call it. Yeah, but she, Dewey's that, a dick in the fourth one. That, that streak never leaves her, so it's. I think that's just part and parcel of who she is. Yeah, I like her. She's cool. And so then we also, when we meet Gail Weathers, we also meet Debbie Salt. She's a complete random character. It's mm. sort of like she's placed in there for no reason at the start because we have no knowledge of her. We just sort of assume that she's this, sort, this reporter. Yeah. And she's trying to sort of you know, get a, get a quote from Gail and she's just starting out, it sounds like, and so Gail's... But Gail's fucking horrible to yeah. her. And when they are standing at the podium waiting for the chief to uh, be interviewed and see what's going on at the press conference, everybody's interviewing Gail rather than interviewing the police, mm. which I always found quite interesting. Speaking of uh, Mrs Loomis coming onto the scene... She plays a very fucking risky game because the minute Sydney recognises that she comes on the stage at the end, Sydney recognises her. So she's playing a risky game walking around campus at Sydney's on because all it will take is for Sydney to clock. That's Billy Loomis's mum. And if there's been killings about, well, they fucking go. You put two and two together. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I did. I never realised that until I literally just finished watching it now. Yeah, she plays a very risky game. But do you think in like fleeting... I mean, Sydney was looking at her full on in the face in the stage quick glances because she had a lot of plastic surgery she lost a lot of weight it's it was specified. but she recognizes a quick like mm. quick as soon as she walks through that door she says straight away mrs loomis so she was playing a risky game but and i don't think that would have been part of a game to to kind of play it that close because i think all she wanted was to kill sydney that was it there was there was no other motive there other than to kill her that she just needed mickey to she needed someone to frame and set mickey on the go do you know what i mean but i, th- I don't think her interest interest was murdering College students. No, it was, it was, in, it was murder, murder in Sydney. Sydney. Yeah. It was... And Randy, obviously. Yeah, but it was only because he insulted Billy. But was it, though, because she was already in the van? Was it just because he... Ins- like, why did she want to kill Randy so bad? Maybe because she, she was didn't. a survivor? She didn't know who was going to come up to the van because she was trying to ring Gail and Randy picked up and he was like, Gail's not here! And then... So maybe it was Gail she was out to get. Yeah, it just seems weird. I don't, I don't think Mrs. Loomis wanted to play any games with anyone. I think she just wanted to get to Sydney. I thought it was all Mickey doing the, the I've, I've got, like, I'm cleverer than you shit, so... Well, Gail would um Sorry, Mrs. Loomis would have wanted to kill Gail because, no doubt, Gail would have slagged Billy off well, Gail, in a book. Well, Gail shot him. Yeah, and she shot him. Yeah, 
So yeah, that will make sense. Just remember the safety this time, you bastard. I love that line. We've so now we've got Gale. Now we've got Dewey, because Dewey sort of wanders onto the scene. He looks dog rough in this film. He looks and, young, so young. I think he looks awful. He looks really rough. I, I don't know. Obviously, he's got a, a limp and stuff on his arm, but what do you mean in the face? In the face, he just look. He looks like he hasn't got a house. He looks right. awful. But yeah, he meets up with Sydney. He's worried about Sydney because. He's heard the news that there's been murders around Windsor, which you know Sydney goes to college in Windsor, and he he wants to make sure she's okay, basically. And he gives away what he gives away the killers, not who they are, but it's like you may already know him, or her, yeah, or them. And he's he's already lined them both up. We find out it's Mickey first, then Mrs. Loomis, and then they become an M, uh, a them, sorry. And then he limps off, bless him. It's like sort of like a gallop actually. Yeah. Gail then meets up with Sydney again, and I, Sydney and Gail's relationship is an odd one. It's Absolutely. a very odd one. I mean, you've got to think from Scream One. So, taking it right back, she was the main reporter on Marine Prescott's murder. Yeah, and she, I don't, I don't think she necessarily ever slagged off Marine, but when Sydney identified Cotton as being the one that killed her and then gail was like no that's not what happened sydney's obviously going to get offended by that because she was she she knew it was cotton in her mind but then it was replaced by the fact that well sydney punched her as well can't forget that one but then gail shot billy which saved sydney's life yeah i don't, I don't think so at this that... point i don't think by the end of the third film uh, end of the second film that gail and sydney like each other no i don't it's a third film that begins to get a bit of a bond i think there's a but then in the fourth one, it's awkward between them. You think? Yeah. I haven't seen the fourth one in a long time. Yeah, in the fourth one, it's awkward between them. I don't think... The, I, I, I do think, like you say, it, there's a respect there. I think they respect each other for what they've done, yeah, but, but they the don't like one, each other. They're sat other. watching films with each other out there a day long. Am I thinking of something? No, I... you are. Well, we never see it. But yeah, it's that assumption that... They're about to watch a movie. I think Sydney knows odd. that Gail's always about money, but ultimately, what Gail said about Cotton was right. I don't think it's the fact that she. I think once Cotton was cleared, like Sydney wouldn't, she wouldn't have been entitled to hate Gail, except for the fact that she's used Sydney's whole life basically as a as a reason to to get fame and get money. That's yeah. what that's where the dislike will come from, whether she saved the life or not. Especially after writing a book after the first film. I was gonna again. say she probably pissed off a lot of people with that book. She pissed off Dewey. Yeah. So and she was supposed to quite like Dewey. So she, and she's not that fond of Sydney. Yeah, because she's got that streak in her. She's there for fame and money. Yeah, I just I I just find it interesting how, and and I like it. It's not that I, you know I don't want them to be sitting braiding each other's hair and being best friends. I like it and I think it's a good choice. It's just. The consistency of the fact we never quite know where we are with them both. Yeah. In terms of relation of a relationship with them both, but she really fucks up this time because she brings Cotton in to meet Sydney yeah. without Sydney even knowing about yeah, it. Yeah, which is cold. Even does it? For Gail. Does it all? Does it not make you laugh as well? Like Cotton was hiding behind Gail, like this seven foot man. I, did, I didn't notice. <laughs> and she's so tiny, and he just sort of like creeps out behind her. No, I didn't notice. But he, you know, Cot- to be fair to him, Cotton wasn't. This is Cotton's, not Cotton's best movie because he just looks suspicious the whole fucking time, and he just gets blamed for a lot of stuff yeah. that he doesn't do. And one of them is. He assumes that Sydney knows about the interview, and so he's really surprised when Sydney 
whacks Gail and then yeah. walks off because he says to her, doesn't he? You know, she she didn't know about this and yeah, Gail obviously promised him this interview, which would have looked good for Cotton to clear his name and come face to face with the one who accused him and got him locked up. And then Gail's the one getting the interview. Cotton's the one clearing his name, so. Gail would have said to him, oh, I can clear you, I can help clear your name, blah, blah, blah. So I should have told him, yeah, Sydney's agreed to it as well. Yeah. I mean, my personal favourite line just com- comes just after she gets whacked. And it's where Harley's like, did you get that on film? And Joel's like, yes, I got that on film. <laughs> That's my favourite line ever. And we mentioned it before, but we do learn that Gail and Dewey's relationship was very broken. I mean, it was never a relationship to begin with, really. They kissed no. a little bit. And at the end of the first film, she never went in with, she never went in the ambulance with yeah. him. She reported the news instead. And so it it was fairly broken after that. But she says some really awful things about him in, his, in the book, like he, he used with inexperience. And he, yeah. basically he was a bit of a bumbling. He was sort of like Doofy from Scary Movie rather than a police officer. But he, he literally sets himself up when he spits out and he's trying so hard to get this line out and you can see it it's that massive line that basically says he pretends to be stupid so that he can manipulate situations without looking suspicious yeah and he he does sort of drop himself in it a bit (laughs) yeah he does so then we are at it's a split scene so we've got the party scene and we've also got cc's death so cc is we meet her in film theory and to be fair, the reason she's killed is because of her name. It's yeah. it's not there's no there's no other reason behind it. And she's on her own. She's the sober sister of the night because there's a party going on across town and she has to be the sober sister if any of the girls need a drive. Yeah. And she rings she call she answers the phone, gets a phone call, she assumes it's a boyfriend, Ted. Sort of not a boyfriend, I think it's more of like a booty call yeah. sort of situation going on. Quick little fact there, she's the guy on the phone is named Ted because that's one of the worst vampire villains in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, so they called him Ted. Mm-hmm. And they have this whole conversation, there's creaking upstairs, she tries to get out the house but and ring the police, but because phone signal's so shit back then with the cordless, yeah. they can't get to her, so she has to go back in the house and then she gets distracted by another sorority girl. And By the way, I, I noticed down, what, what fucking friend creeped like the way she gets Cece's attention, she literally comes around the corner of the room and goes, hey, behind her. And I just thought, fuck me, what type of friend does that? It's a proper, like, it's a cheap jump scare to get the audience. But I also just thought, who the fuck, like, does that to get someone's attention? Like, cre- yeah. literally creeps around the corner and, and jumps her and says, hey, I was And like, she's what got the fuck? shitty friends as well, because when she's on the phone and she's obviously sounding freaked out, she's sort of looking at the stairs and it's like, And I know she thinks it's funny, but you'd be able to tell whether your friend was actually genuinely freaked out. I probably still do it. You're a dick. You're a horrible person. Because the chances are they're in a killer. Not, to be fair, I was going to say a killer in the house. He wasn't in the house, was he? Not at that point, no. And so she gets distracted by this other sorority sister and she's talking to her. But you can see in the background ghost face wandering yeah, and I, in. and I love shit like that. I, I, like, I like... I think it just adds so much suspense to a moment when you see you see him there. It reminded me of the ghost face... Uh, in the opening of Scream 1, where you see him running through the house, like, oh, shit like that, God. I hate that. And, <clears throat> anyway, the sorority sister leaves. A, you won't leave, you know, if she's freaked out. I, mm. I, I'd have probably volunteered to stay, but I'm a nice person, so I can settle with that. And then, as soon as she answers the phone again, it's back to Ghostface. Yeah. And 
god, this is pretty brutal death scene as well. It's not... It's quite quite shitty that she went. And it pisses me off because Sarah Michelle Gellar was known for this like badass Buffy vampire slayer killer. And she was killed in the film and I was just a bit like... Oh. I thought it was one of the better deaths. I like... Oh, it's good. I like... Yeah, I like the fact that you can see him swinging into her back. Like, swinging the knife in it. That, that's the type of stuff that I think, like Randy says, it's got to be gory, the, the sequel. Yeah. And a lot of screen one, it's not, not off screen, but at the same time you don't see knife going in kind of thing. If you get what I'm saying, it was kind of, you heard it, you could see it from like a back point of view where you can't see the knife, whereas this yeah. one, they're definitely up the kills. And so she gets stabbed in the back a couple of times and then launched off the balcony. Also another little fun fact, not in my fun fact list, but Sarah Michelle Gellar did majority of her own stunts and she volunteered to be thrown off the balcony. Nice. So she did it herself. Everybody goes to then see what's going on because Omega Beta Zeta is next to the sorority that Sydney's at the party at. And then you get a little bit of red right hand playing as well, yeah, which I always true. appreciated. Only in the first two, though. Yeah? Yeah, I don't think it's in the third I, I associate with Peaky Blinders now. If I, yeah, that's I don't watch Peaky, Peaky Blinders, Blinders, so I don't know. Then the phone... So she goes out because Derek's just come in and everybody else is... Everybody else has gone out and he's like, get your jacket, I'll I'll take you home. And she goes out and then the fucking phone starts ringing. It's not your house, Sydney. Don't yeah. answer the fucking phone. Can you imagine how pissed do, off Do you Ghost think she does that, me? though, to... Like, I think the curiosity will make you answer it. I don't know. If I'd, if you know, I had history with phone calls like that. But the thing is, Sydney's not. This is what I'm saying. Sydney's not fucking bothered. She's she. She is badass. She's she's willing to accept it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. To be fair, all right. I'll let her have it. She she answers the phone and they have this conversation and is and he said it's showtime and she's like, well, why don't you show your face, you fucking coward? And ends up chasing around the house. Derek ends up getting sliced conveniently yeah because it misses every artery it misses which i'm guessing mickey planned he, he wanted to frame him yeah it's either planned well he or wanted extremely I, th I think he wanted to make he, he could have killed him like he, he if he's done that to me he would have easily had the chance to kill him but i think he left him alive to make sydney second guess like is this like round two is this an exact copycat and he's my boyfriend the killer yeah and at one point towards the end if you've seen it for the first time and you see eric strong and he's like thanks partner you, you yeah. think oh shit yeah you oh, do, shit, you do it think was him. Start, yeah and when they're in the when they're all in the hospital together as well mickey comes out and he says it sarcastically but it actually <laughs> frames him again he, he's the most obvious killer ever i never and i never picked him I never said that's the killer. No. But he comes out to Helen is like easiest interrogation of my crime-filled life. Yeah. And I'm like, hmm, not wrong. But he's a little shit because he plants the seed. Because he says to Sydney, he says, why would anyone else go back into that house? Yeah. And Sydney's like, you can see Sydney sort of twig and be like, oh shit, yeah, yeah. why would anybody have gone back into the house? So Derek is suspicious. We've talked about that. He's pre-med and the court damaged no artery or anything. And they're all sitting, it cuts to a next scene and they're all, so there's Gail Dewey, the chief of police and then a couple of other detectives around and the detect the chief's writing on the board who, who's been killed. So it's Maureen Prescott, uh, uh, who is Maureen Evans, Phil Stevens, Stephen Orff, and Cece Cooper, Kate, whose real name was Casey. And Gail's sitting there like, wrap it up, boys. She's like, uh, I've got it. Yeah, I don't... 
again, I don't, I don't know what qualifies Dewey and Gale to be involved in this police investigation because no. in real life that would never happen. For one, they didn't, they didn't figure out who the killers were in the first one. They just, no. they just caught them in the act and killed them. Gail's a reporter. That's the last people police want to be letting involved, letting people get involved in an investigation, especially someone who, who's wants to profit off off this this thing. That's why she's there. She wants to make money off it. And Dewey, like Dewey, it, was with the police, but, but now he's not. It, but in different counties, I don't think that means anything in America. If you're a police, if you're a police officer in a different county, it's like a different job. I don't think, you know, like here, like you've got like Yorkshire police or mm. whatever police. Do you know what I mean? I think. They kind of work as one big unit, whereas one sheriff's department from a county and two, because there's different laws and everything, I don't think that uh, power... I might be completely wrong here, but I don't think the power crosses over. Yeah, I mean, I can see Dewey from the police officer angle, but then I can also see Gail from... She wrote she wrote the book on it, and even though she didn't work out who the killer was, she, she worked out a year before anybody else that Cotton was innocent. And and stuck know, to her guns the, with she's it. She's still a journalist, and you don't oh, yeah. you don't involve a journalist in a but police investigation. She's in there, yeah. and she does she does pick up on the fact that the names are the same. But I, I see that as quite pointless because it it means nothing afterwards. Yeah. Like all the kills are completely different. There's no like similar names. Yeah. It, it ends after that. But That's what I mean by the first half of the film just doesn't seem to do anything like that. They open some really good plot loops that you think, oh, actually, that's quite clever, but then they, it goes nowhere with yeah. it. So Debbie th- then interviews Gail after, wh- when they're coming out of there, and she she plants the seeds as well. She says to, in front of all the reporters, because she's trying to say, you know, oh, Dewey's from Woodsbury, you know, do you, what's he doing here all of a sudden? And Gail sticks up for him and she's mm. like, Dewey's a good guy. He's, you know, he's, he's not like some of us. And then Debbie goes and says, well, you know, I just thought with a killer repeat in the Woodsboro, the killer could be from Woodsboro. And Before she is. Again, yeah. So this is, this scene, this scene's interesting. They're all at the dinner table. It's a fucking joke. Like, what I, is it? I like it. It's, it is what it is. It's, it's so fucking pointless. I don't, I don't get, I don't get why it was thrown in there. Well... Sydney walks in, and I don't know if you noticed, I only noticed it this time, and I've seen this film a lot, but Derek goes to pull a chair out for her, and Sydney just completely rejects him and sits at the opposite side, and he's like... No, And pulls the chair back in. I think it serves to, A, give her the Greek letters, the necklace, but that could have been done in a billion other ways. And I think it's there to for a little bit of light-hearted relief... It's a musical number. I'm not quite sure why, but it paints Derek as quite an innocent and like just a lovely character, yeah. which he actually is. We just don't know that at that point. And Mickey is like wingman of the century. He's like standing up and cheering. He's lo- he's living his best. He's he's probably looking at it thinking, "I can't wait to murder you all." Like he's <laughs> picking them la- off. He's laughing, yeah, thinking, "I want to kill you both." Yeah, but he does give Sid- the outcome of it is he does give Sydney the letters which does save a life yeah technically in the end so sydney yeah and also may i add considering sydney does not want to be in the limelight in life she's picked a theater major where she's the lead in a very triggering play and she's the center of attention in that dining hall mm. and she's that's like, out of her control though and i know yeah, it means she uh, reacts, she, walked, she reacts well left. to it and i don't know you could you could argue that the theater things to Maybe she's sick of 
her life being the play for everyone else. She wants to, but she wants deep. to be someone else. Well, it could be. She might. No, you are right. It is right. We, I had this argument on the Scream trilogy page, and uh, but it, yeah, it is right. It she, it's the idea that she's taking her, taking herself away her from own, her own yeah, life, yeah, and, and her own control, acting as someone else. But yeah, it is odd. So then we get the Scream sequel rules. And we get the body count is always bigger. The death scenes are much more elaborate. And then he starts to say one and he gets cut off. We do find out what it is in the trailer, but I never looked it up. Dewey clearly still has feelings for Gail. He sticks up for her when Miranda's like, well, it could be Gail. She could be leaking her own news to sort of... Which is a very good... To get the theory of Gail being the killer, it's like to... And she's got the street to it's, do it. Yeah, and it's to it's to bring out a second book. He's actually quite a good motive, and the only motive, the only person to mention without a motive is Mickey. Mickey gets mentioned as a suspect, but he's the only one that's mentioned that doesn't have a motive. Mm. It's just a creepy film guy. Do you know what I mean? There's no motive behind him. So yeah, because they're just like, eh. yeah. I thought that was interesting. No, Dewey said because then that makes, but yeah, that makes Randy's you like, a suspect. Randy said no, we'll get past that because that makes me a suspect. And then he said, well, maybe you are a suspect. <laughs> well, if I'm a suspect, then you're a suspect. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Uh, Joel and Gail, you know what? Joel is he's a minor role in the film, but actually he's the cleverest one out of all of them. He's like, nope, yeah. getting out of here, I've had enough. And he says to Joel, you know, maybe, uh, sorry, he says to Gail, I should have maybe read your book before I took this job, but I'm reading it. And, you know, you learning that your cameraman, previous cameraman got gutted. You know, it's not the thing. She's yeah, like, I exaggerated. I, I didn't say that. He, he's, what was it? He wasn't gutted. His throat was yeah, uh, slashed. Yeah, his throat was slashed. <laughs> then Joel goes, gutted or slashed, the guy ain't in the union no more. Yeah. And it, he's very right. But she just sort of brushes over it, just like she did with Kenny. She's still not learned to treat people with any respect. So then you've got the massive play scene. Sydney's the lead in the play. I still find it weird, but okay, I'll go with it. Especially because she went to such lengths in the third one to hide herself and not want to be in the centre of attention of things. But anyway, there's also a massively triggering scene where she plays the lead character and then there's people in masks with knives running around. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> you don't no. you don't pick the play, do you, I suppose? Yeah, but you'd have thought I'm sorry, but the professor would have known. Or the, the teacher, the lead drama teacher, would have known exactly what happened to Sydney. That sort of thing goes on your file as a student. Well, it would have been up to her to take the role or not. She'd have been offered the role, wouldn't she? Attention-seeking bitch. That's all Possibly. I'm saying. And so then she... She's in the middle. It's sort of, It's not a dance scene, but it's... Do you think Ghostface was actually in there? Or yeah, was he was. See, that just pisses me off because someone's going to pick up on that. Yeah, he was there. Well, it was moving so quickly. It doesn't matter. The, the director sat there watching would fucking see that someone is wearing a ghost. I don't care how quick they are moving. Yeah, but he does. And he holds an actual knife in his hand. Yeah, but he does. The director s- stands up because it, it's flashes because you've got to remember he's turning around. He's in this brown cloak and there's about 13, 14 other of them. I don't know. I, I, think, I know you're defending every point of this movie, but I just think, fuck me, someone sees that. Whether... Even even if you're the ones dancing around, you're all dancing. You're going to catch a glimpse of f- fucking someone else's mask. And when when they stop and they all take the mask off and look at you, say, "What's your problem?" Like someone else would have seen that yeah, mask jumping around. And you hear the knife get ripped. Like you hear the knife get brought out. Someone would have heard that. I that's that's know. why I thought. That's why I thought it was hallucination because I thought that's so far fetched that maybe that was just Sydney Sydney's mind playing tricks on her. I just think that when you're in the middle of a scene, I'm not a theatre major. I don't know. 
But when you're acting, you're acting for you. So you're not looking at anybody else. You're looking at what you're doing and what you're focused on. Mm, I don't buy it. I think I think that's a bit. Fa- it's a good scene, but and I think it would have been better if it if it if it was left more to the fact that oh, I wonder if she was just dreaming. Yeah. Well, it is supposed to be a play on whether she's going mad or yeah. he's actually there. But what you just afterwards when she falls to the floor and you see. Like, you see, you see him run off around to the back, off. which makes you think it's fucking bold. Like someone's, someone would have definitely seen that. Yeah, and, and do, you re- do you really think Mickey or, or obviously the Muslim, if, if he was actually there? But why the fuck would you risk that? You carry, you're literally carrying the knife on you because you see him pull it out. He's a psychopath, but the, you went, you went with the idea of, you know, well, Mickey was just like, oh, I'm cleverer than you, blah blah blah. Like he gets off on taking the. I risk. know, but even then, fuck me, dancing around with him with the, with the <laughs> knife in your hand in the middle of a fucking theater. I just yeah, think. it is. It is quite suspicious. So <clears throat> the suspicion then falls back on Derek. Because she runs off stage and she's sort of backstage crying. And he's like, your escort has arrived. And she's like, well, why why are you here? And he's like, oh, I swapped with Mickey because he's in the... Like, he's editing. He had to go edit. So I'm I'm taking you instead. So the suspicion goes off Mickey yeah. because it's Derek that goes to pick her up. If it had been Hallie, yeah. it would have been another situation. Or if it had been anybody else like Randy, you wouldn't have been as suspicious as you were with it being Derek. And... You know what she says to him? She's like, I need some distance. And he's a good boyfriend. Because yeah, it's like, it is, am yeah. I supposed to accept that? And she was like, yeah. And he does. And he says that, you know, I'll, fine, that's fine. I'll give you your space. Yeah. I, so, <laughs> well, then you get to your favourite scene, I presume, which is Randy's death scene. No one. Uh, nah, second favourite scene. Second favourite? Have we been through the first? Oh, no, no it's no. going to be the Gale and Dewey running through. Is it? Is that going to be your favourite, or is it the car crash scene? Not the car crash. Is it Gail and Dewey running? It's just Gail's chase scene. Yeah, that it's is my favourite. It's I don't know where. Well, well, I'll wait till we get to it. Okay, so then it's Randy's death scene, and they're all trying to have a conversation together, and Bob keeps ringing Gail, and she keeps saying, "You know, I'll call him back. I'll call him back." And Randy gets impatient, picks up the phone, and is like, "Gail's not here," and it's Ghostface, and. We, that's when we first consciously know that he's watching them. So he, he can see everything they're doing. And whilst Randy keeps him busy on the phone, Dewey and Gail are sort of like looking at anybody with a cell phone and trying to catch him. This is what made me, this part, I know it's quite a niche thing to pick up on, but this is what made me think Dewey's not, not is either not a police officer at this time or you cannot carry your your uh, law enforcement duties over somewhere else because when he jumps on the guy's back he says you're under a citizen's arrest if he yeah. could, if he had if he had uh the power to be able to arrest someone it would be you are under arrest you know what i mean mm. and even then that's really bad police and you can't just put people under citizen's arrest because they're using the phone you'd, lo- you'd lose your job for that i'd imagine i just love that when <laughs> so when they're trying like they're picking up people on the phone like gail answers the phone and she's like Who's gail Webbers, author of the woods yeah <laughs> It's just like so funny, and then you get while they're all chasing around and stuff like that. You get Randy's montage, and he's like, "The he's lower is like fuck you," (laughs) and then talks about Billy Loomis, and he's like, "Billy Loomis, what the fuck?" Then, so this is when he gets pulled into the van. This also implies it's Mickey, even though Miss Miss so. I'm going. With I know. This. I know. We've spoken about this before. But... I did as well. I've got something else to add. When they're on the phone together, he talk when when 
Randy's being spoken to, he says, and you'll never get the girl. And that's exactly what Randy said in film class when he was like, I'd like the geek get the girl. And Mickey repeats it because I'm presuming it's Randy, it's Mickey on the phone at that point. Yeah. But I just thought that was, I just thought that was interesting. It is, but I think it's Mrs. Loomis who kills him without a shadow of a doubt. It is. It's definitely a continuity error. Yeah, I think it's continuity error, but it is Mrs. Loomis. And also, so can I explain? Have we, have I explained it on this? The left hand and the mirror being inverted. I don't think I've explained it on either. Not on the podcast, you won't have, no. So, Mrs. Loomis killed Randy. This is what she says to Sydney at the end of the film. She says she got a little bit knife happy. However, Mickey is left-handed and in the van when Randy's being stabbed, you see it through a mirror angle. So you see it through the wing mirror and you see it as if it's in the right hand, which is in the left hand because it's reflected. So actually the ghost, the kill was left-handed, which would imply it was Randy that, Sorry, it was Mickey that killed Randy because when Mrs. Loomis is holding the gun, she's holding it in her right hand. So actually, it was probably Mickey that killed him, even though it was Mrs. Loomis that killed him. But yeah, I just thought that was a little bit of fun fact there. I just thought it was fairly interesting to know. Yeah. It, the first time you told me, I, I delved quite into it and then I thought, don't really matter, but I think it's Mrs. Loomis. Oh yeah, I, th- I do think it's definitely continuity, but I just thought it was quite... Good to give fans something to theorise over. Yeah, it was quite interesting and also when gail opens well joel opens the van for gail when you get the brief snapshot of randy it it's a very popular fan theory but it could just be a stain of blood but you see a lipstick mark on his hand there's a like it does look like a lipstick mark as well like it it could very easily be a lipstick mark but he's covered in blood but it does look like a lipstick mark as well which would incline that mrs loomis was the killer why would you kiss him it's sort of like a signet. Oh. It's a leaving card, isn't it? Oh, fuck. Nah, I'm not, no, I'm honestly, not having that theory. Honestly, no. Hell. no. They're literally... Nah, I'm not having that theory. No, seriously. I'm not lying to you. So I've just shown Oliver the clip. I don't deny you could confuse it as a lipstick mark, but I do not think for a second that that was put in there to try and make people theorise over who killed him. Oh, yeah. I just thought it was interesting. <laughs> so then we... Meet Sydney in the library, and she gets an IM. God, it just shows you how old computers are, doesn't it? I like it? this scene, though. I, I, I like the fact when it's like, it reminds me of a, like a stranger car like, is in the house, and it was like, yeah. the thunder is in the library. But then that could just be someone fucking playing, the, playing a prank. It, it could be, easily. Oh, yeah, it's and you don't see like Mickey in the background or anything, yeah. so you don't really have a clue. But because everybody's distracted by the IM... Sydney sort of like backs up against the wall and then cotton bombards him. Yeah. He's wearing a Windsor College hoodie, by the way. Like, since when did he join up, may I add? I was looking at that the other day. Yeah, yeah that is a bit strange. <laughs> but he all he wants is a little bit of coverage. He wants fame. He just wants his five I, I th- minutes th- of Yeah, fame. I think he wants the chance to clear his name in front of Sydney and for the world to accept. Because even, even when someone's proven not guilty, there's always going to be people who think otherwise. And coming from the horse's mouth itself, if Sydney was to say... Yeah, I apologise. Um, that completely clears Cotton's name. Yeah. And he wants to do an interview with Diane Sawyer, who offered 10000 apiece. Yeah. And he gets, to be fair, he gets really aggressive when she declines. And I understand I that understand. he's frustrated. I understand it as well. But at the same time, you've got to respect the fact that he, like, 
even still, I know it's not fair what happened to him, but his jacket was taken. It's not as if she saw a black shrouded figure and was like, I, oh yeah, it's cotton. Like I, there was I, overwhelming evidence. Yeah, but I don't think he's, he's pissed off at Sydney because she thought it was him. He's pissed off at Sydney now because she's still not giving the time of day when he was proven innocent. I know it's bad, like wrong, wrong time and place because she's at a college and also there's also another killing spree that looks like it's unfolding. But I can understand why he's like, do you know what I mean? Like, just give me my chance. I've, I, my name's cleared. I didn't do it. Like, why, why aren't you accepting me? And then the next big scene we get, so we get the chasing with Louis and Gail. So Gail feels really bad about the fact that this for me is where the film out, like from this point on it picks up. Oh, does it outdo the original? Because I've right. Carry on, carry on, carry on. Because I'll end up skipping ahead like quite a bit. Well, okay. not quite a bit, but we'll get to it when we get to it. So Gail admits that she feels really bad about what's happened and like she just wants to catch the killer now it's not about the it's not about saving money or getting money or getting fame it's just about she just wants to end this and Dewey sort of he he believes her and Joel's dropped off some footage because he's like no I'm not I don't want to be part of this anymore and they sort of come to the conclusion of well if the killer can see everything then surely he's going to be on these tapes it's going to be everywhere there'll be a common person in there that implies that it's going to be the killer so they go down to the editing room and they end up they're banging heads and then they end up like she ends up mounting him on a table yeah. while the footage is playing and then Ghostface switches the other tv Again, on i fucking love stuff like and this. it's not it's not her footage so somebody's videoing them so i'm guessing that would have been mickey who was recording yeah Mick, go, well he's, go, go, he's go. always walking around with a camera yeah is he yeah Every like every time you see him, he's walking around like filming things. Oh, I didn't know that. That's why when you think back on it, you're like, "How the fuck did you not know it was yeah. Mickey?" <laughs> but yeah, Ghostface <laughs> is up in the projector room, and Dewey goes up to see whether he's there or not. Comes back to the top of the steps, and then Ghostface pops up next to Gail. This just—it's just the way he falls over that makes me yeah. laugh. He's like, "What?" That, and then that, just tumbles. That, that scene, Ghostface in the projector room. Just something about them in in horror films get me every time. They just scare the good. fuck out of me. It's a thought of—I don't know what it is. I'd love to fucking delve into why why it is that I find stuff like that so spooky. I think it's because I think it's like the tension of you know they're there, like they're far away, but they're not close. Do, do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Well, it's even as kids, it. you've got to remember. Even as kids, we used to play around that game yeah where we used to like sort of the, the, it was like the, we, we pretend have like a big, we was getting chased yeah we yeah. pretend we get we were getting chased and even when we had this like big block this big block building it, it held electrics it's still there i don't know why i'm speaking about it if it's in the past and we used to play with our neighbors and one person was it and the other three people used to be chased around by this one person until they were caught and you know you were just peeking around the corner and it was that fear and that excitement of you know somebody's there yeah and i agree when gail it's when she's it's like a black and white sound booth and she's sort of like moving around the walls and you know it's you can see him in brief that that is my favorite scene out of the whole franchise my question to you is does it outdo the chase scene from scream original and i'm talking chase from when because it starts from when uh, Stu stabs Billy, supposedly. Yeah. Because she gets chased around the house, she gets chased off off the roof, she gets chased... Well, then I suppose that's when the chase scene stops, but I feel... Well, no, I'd, I'd say it ends when uh, Stu and 
Randy turn up at the door. That's when the chase scene ends because I know she has some time away outside in the fields and stuff and Gail swerves her van and nearly hits her. But then when she gets back in the car, there's another suspense Yeah, the, I was just going to say, I don't think being out in the fields and stuff like that, that doesn't scare me as much. But when she was in the car, I think it's the enclosed space. See, the... the I think Scream 2, this chasing with Gail through the, through the sound booth, that's kind of like Pete Ghostface, the way he moves around the corners and he's so agile. Like He mo- literally moves like a ghost. He's mm. like whoever... He I, is. I, I, don't, I don't know how... I don't know how... Uh, uh, who played Ghostface. Obviously, it's not, it's not yeah. uh, Mickey or Mrs. Loomis. There's obviously an actor under there. I find that really weird. <laughs> but like the way he moves like he'll move his body and then move his head to the side like as he as he does it and he, he just the way he moves just freaks me out yeah it is creepy and but yeah there is a fantastic chasing between Ghostface and Gale and Gale ends up in a sound like the sound management room or the opposite one no it is the sound management room because Dewey's in the sound booth and Dewey walks like towards her because he can see her, but because it's sound, it's a sound booth. It's soundproof. It's a great scene, one of the best in the franchise. He steps on a piece of pizza and he's like, and "I don't get that." Did that have some? Was that like some sort of Easter egg? No. It just seemed quite specific because the pizza got a shot right on its own, didn't it? And I thought, I think it was more to distract Dewey from what was going on, so he wasn't looking at Gail. He was just looking at the floor, but it gave him an opportunity, Ghostface, an opportunity to come up and stab him. See, I I didn't know if it meant. Because that's the, that's the room Ghostface was in, wasn't it? When he was in the projection room. I wonder if that was him eating. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and Mickey, they said Mickey was editing. He was... If this is what I mean. When, so does it does that mean someone's been up here recently? That's Ghostface who's been eating that pizza. Do you know what I'm saying? That's, Ghostface's been eating that, That's what pizza. I thought. I thought that's, Can you imagine that's a killer. just sitting there like... Because it just seemed a bit random, like a slice of pizza yeah, on the floor. That's the point. It could have been there recently. That's... I like that. That's a good idea. But... Gail sees Dewey being stabbed and he gets an absolute like, slashing. He shouldn't slashing. have survived it. And all, but also, you know, I'd take it for if it meant that I knew I'd live at the end of it and that my nerve damage was sorted out. It reminds me of Christmas Vacation where there's that girl with the who's bog eyed and she's like, before. Oh, didn't 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 she have cross eyes? And she was like, Oh yeah, the donkey kicked her and it went back. <laughs> and it's sort of like Dewey, it's the idea that he had this nerve damage and whilst he was stabbed Ghostface has sort of like sorted out his problem Which for him. Which is, maybe that is scientifically possible, but fuck me, the odds of that happening. The odds, let alone surviving it, but it also curing you of a lifelong uh, physical disability. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. for fuck's sake. And the, it, even when he's being stabbed, though, it's still soundproof and she doesn't notice until he grabs hold of the microphone yeah. and shouts her and she watches him being gutted and that is that is awful. Well, stabbed. Yeah, you know, you know what I meant. Yeah, I didn't know if you meant like because from the back you hear a lot of stuff yeah. going on. That's what makes you think. Like if the, if they're wanting him to survive and for us not to be like, oh, of course, <laughs> it could have just been like a big big one in the back, and then he instantly goes round to get gailed. Like rather than because he's you see him give him a few goes and why out of every single victim is it only Dewey who ever survived the stabbings? And, and I'm sure there's some yeah. fan theories out there behind it. Like Dewey being the orchestrator. I think that's the one I said, wasn't you it? You said, yeah. You you came up with a very good theory about I it. I forgot what I said. I forgot what you said. It's on a text somewhere. I'll have to... When, maybe when we get to Scream 3, I'll yeah. repeat it. But it, it'll be way far up from now. But then go... See, this is what throws me off slightly as well about Mickey. But Mickey doesn't really have an interest in cameras and stuff. Even though he's always carrying one. So I can sort of understand it. But Ghostface should know that that window is not going to break 
Yeah, but maybe it's a scare tactic. I don't know. Could play be a scare tactic because he disappears and she never. It's like he can see where she is. Yeah, he leads it. This is what I like about Ghostface. He's like he's quite efficient. I feel like there he cut his losses and thought, "I'm not going to waste my time here. I've got other shit to do." Yeah, do you know what I'm saying. So at this point, we we cut back to Sydney and Hallie because they're going into witness protection and trying. You know, while all this is going on, Derek waits for her and he says he'll wait for her. And you know when all this is over, he'll still be there. Yeah. And but then gets kidnapped by his fraternity his because fraternity, you're not supposed yeah. to give your letters to a girl. Is a sorority girls and fraternity boys. Yeah, sorority's girls right. and soror and fraternity is a boy. And so the they strap him up. To, so Derek is now in the theater, and he's he's getting absolutely hammered because he gave his Greek letters to a girl and he's strapped up onto this like crucifix thing. That's the one thing that I'd imagine Americans that that's actually something I quite like to have done like yeah. in a in a fraternity house because it seems proper. It does seem quite cool. Yeah, it seemed it seemed like a good experience, doesn't it? Like the, yeah. the houses that are living in that. It's not like a fucking student accommodation in the UK when it's a tiny little room with a sink and a shower in it. It's like a. <laughs> Well, that's what most student accommodations are, out there? It's yeah. like a massive house with like all your like college mates. Yeah, it does sound pretty cool. Uh, but then you've got the car scene. I again, like this scene. Again, one of the best scenes it in is, the franchise. It's a cracker and it's so tense all the way through. So Hallie asks where they're going and the guy says, if I tell you, I'll have to kill you, but it's somewhere safe. First guy gets his throat slashed because Ghostface just yeah. goes through the... Window, window slices and him. slices him and then gets the second cop out of the car and sort of like gives him a good scene too and but the thing is the second police officer is still alive yeah and he points his gun at Ghostface because Ghostface has got in the car and he's planning to drive and he's like get out of the car you asshole at this point you just fucking shoot you've just seen your, your yeah you've just seen your um colleague, colleague get his like throat sliced open you are not you're not doing any one-liners you're not cracking jokes you fucking shoot aren't you yeah but Ghostface mows him over so he's on top of the bonnet he's on top of the car bonnet right now and he's driving with the police officer on the bonnet but he can't see where he's going ends up crashing into this construction site and he just gets a pole right through yeah. the head and that is disgusting and they've got to climb over his knocked oh. unconscious body. So it, it's you can't describe how tense this scene is until it's you watch so the film. Tense. But you you couldn't just Google that what well YouTube that one scene because you won't understand how big of a moment it was. You need to watch. I'm the sorry, film. Sydney, but you fucking take the mask off. Yeah, you would. You, as soon you as you take, take the mask, mask off, off, it's over. Yeah, you get or you get out the car. You, once you're out the car, rip his mask off. Do you know? But yeah, exactly. But the fact that they just leave him, I just think, you have got to be joking me. There's no way in hell anyone does not take the mask off. Yeah, 100%. This is not a finest hour. She should have just taken the mask off. Because Yeah, because once, if she takes that mask off and legs it, Mickey has to run. He has yeah. to leave because he, he knows that. And then she'll tell the police, police will know to look out for Mickey. Mickey can never re return and get near Sydney. No. And so, but that would have ended the film yeah. short, wouldn't it? So, <laughs> so you know what, Wes Craven will allow it. Uh, the so in the t intensity of the scene, the you know you get the honk of the horn when she's climbing over yes. him, and you know she it's like, do I see who it is? Do I not see who it is? And then she's like, no, fuck it, I'm just gonna get out of the car. Holly gets out of the car as well, and they start running. Sydney stops, and she's like, I need to know who it is. I which, can't. Which you'd have done in the first place. Yeah, but even but if you hadn't, she sort of knows what Ghostface reputation's like, so. 
this brings me on to one of the points I've got written down. Is Ghostface a little bit too agile? I think yeah. the, I think the thing that used to scare me about Ghostface the most is that he's not he's not a superpower. It's just it's just a fucking maniac behind there. Like Halloween, uh, obviously Nightmare on Elm Street, Jason Voorhees. They've all got some type of power, inhumane yeah. power. Yeah, that you don't. There's no justification to where it's come from. You just accept it's in the film. The fact that Ghostface doesn't have that, and I think sometimes it's just too agile you oh don't, god you don't go from being knocked unconscious which he was fully out and when he takes his mask off in the theater as well you can see the damage it's done he's, to done him. A, he's got some damage so that he is not getting out that car silently no. without them noticing no that's what makes and him, it was quick yeah it was it was, it was a matter quick. of seconds yeah before before he was gone and bear in mind they couldn't open his door and when they went to the door it wasn't open was it because it have seen so he'd have had out. to climb out somewhere. he'd have had to have climb out the window without hit without them hearing him while doing it quick enough to be able to get get around that side of scaffolding before they turned around it's but but it, it's it's, it's not been burnt beheaded electrocuted and survived so I, I'll I think that's what I like about screams is that you don't you don't have to when when like a new sequel comes out to film or a new new installment if the last one ended in this death scene that you thought is done like you kind of got to think fuck's out right I accept that he didn't die the last one whereas this one it's yeah. been like yeah scream died like ghostface died but it's a different person now yeah no, unless, I unless I bring that. back Stew, which I would love. Well, <laughs> it was it was considered, I presume, at a few points. But Sydney then goes back to see to take the mask off Ghostface. Ghostface is not in the car, and he kills he kills Hallie. Oh God, I just I don't like her character. I don't. I think she I think it didn't was, bring a lot. Yeah, to it. it was quite pointless. But considering she, but then again, neither did um. Oh, I like Tatum. See, she didn't really bring that much either, I didn't think. Oh, I liked Tatum, but I just didn't like Hallie. I think she pressured Sydney into a lot, and I think she she used Sydney to get into... Because she, she wanted to get into that sorority, yeah. and they were only interested in Sydney. So, she, you know, I, I do think she used her quite a lot, but it can't be. I suppose it can't be easy being Sydney's friend <laughs> at the same point as well. We get... So once he's stabbed Hallie, Sydney runs off, and then we cut to Gail again, who's just, like, got the guts to be like right no i need to go out she sees cotton poor cotton weary yeah, wrong place, he's, wrong time. he's standing there with blood on his hands and he's like i just found dewey um i've tried to i've tried to help him and she's just she she's like he's a killer yeah. she assumes he's the killer and to be fair though what cotton did for dewey probably saved his life well it was scar tissue on it what, what was that on about scar tissue something like that. but he did he saved his life like yeah. with, without that first aid like dewey would have probably been dead debbie salt is at the phone and Gail snatches the phone up and she was like, I was right in the middle of the story. And she's like, the killer is cotton fucking weary. Yeah. <laughs> I bet Debbie thought started like, cotton weary. Yeah. So she's she's loving it. Sydney goes to the theatre. Yeah, another Why? thing. Why? Well, she hears the music, but at the same point, you, would you not think it was a trap? You, well, I suppose you, you just, just gonna... get to a fucking police station, get a yeah. phone, ring the police, start again, get a new escort out of here. Do you know what I mean? Something like that. I mean, I understand the streets are empty and stuff because it's a curfew and they made a point of saying the streets are empty. What, what would have worked well there is what they did in Scream 3, but because of the fucking stupid voice changer thing, it just made it pointless. <laughs> but maybe Ghostface could have lured them by saying, do is it? Because if Dewey was still alive at this point and saying, I've got him here, because... Dewey is undoubtedly the one who Sydney's most got a bond with. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And then, yeah, I think they could have used Dewey's voice, like still being alive. But yeah, 
Yeah, I think it's just bullshit that's just legs it into a yeah, theatre. Like one of the music. worst places you could possibly want to go. It's very open. It's very it's... open. It's pitch black. It's quiet. You'd just be like, no, fuck yeah, that. Not, not the theatre. So Sydney goes there. The spotlight shines on her. The stage comes down and then Derek's dropped down. And it's Derek's, Derek's wankered. Like he's, absolutely, he's, like he's been drinking all night. So the killer's revealed it's Mickey and he manages to convince Sydney that Derek's the killer. Which is which is oh, not that, great. Uh, what do you, what yeah. do you mean not great as in or not great as Mi- in that's Mickey awful. was a shite killer and I think no, 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 wait. I, I got two points mixed up then. Yeah, I, I feel bad for Derek. I really did like him. Which He's is, a good character. Yeah, which is... It's it's rare you find a teenage boy in a horror film that's actually an alright guy. They're normally portrayed to be absolute wankers and deserve everything they get, do you know what I'm saying? But he, he was a he was a good guy, which is probably a good move from then killing him because then you felt something about it. You was like, no, like, yeah. for fuck's sake. And it brings her back to the idea of Stu and Billy as well because he was like, untie me, untie me, just like Stu was like, let me in the house. Yeah. And Randy was like, let me in the house. You know, he was saying to her, he was like, just please untie me. And he gets mad at Mickey and then Mickey just shoots him. Either way, Sid, it, Sid could not have saved him either way. But, you know, when he's like, Sydney's like, she puts a hand over his yeah, wound and he's like, I would have like, never hurt Oh, bit tight for him saying that as his can last you words. imagine how yeah. Sydney feels for the rest of her life for that? But either way, he was going to get paggered. It doesn't oh. matter. What? He's going to get paggered? Yeah. Never, Never heard that phrase. I like it. Yeah, paggered. I like it. But she has to live with the fact that she didn't try to help. So it's a bit yeah. of a shitter, really. Mickey's motive is shit. He's, he wants to prove violence in cinema yeah. and he wants the trial. He wants to be well known. He wants people fighting for him. She smacks. Oh, I love this bit where it's like someone's. He says something about Billy Loomis, and she's like, "You forgot one thing about Billy Loomis," and he's like, "Yeah, very fucking." Killed that, that's him. that's what's. Oh! that's what swung my mind about Sydney being the best final girl. I think she is. She's got some great one-liners. She's yeah. so good. So she smacks him with the letters, the necklace that Derek gave her. It wouldn't have hurt that much, but no, I'll I'll allow it. She's using what she's got. She yeah. hasn't got anything else. Then it comes to, they, they have a little bit of a fight and it's like, you've got a Linda Hamilton thing going on now, I like it. And then there's a pause and it's like, who could that be? Because the, the, Derek rises up into the yeah. stage curtains again and Gail walks through and God, just for that minute, you're like, because like, yeah. Gail. And you just think, no. Because Gail's face looks guilty. Do you know what yeah. I mean? She does have guilt in her face. I remember being, when I was younger, watching that and being like, Fuck mm. no! But it's not Gail because behind, because Gail's like no, she puts her hands up and it's it's uh, Debbie Salt. So she knows that Gail knows her as Debbie Salt, and then Sydney's like Mrs. Loomis, and Gail's then like no, I've seen pictures, you know, I've I've researched you. Yeah. I I would have thought that Gail would have been more likely to recognise her than Sydney. I do think that's another bit of a plot hole. Yeah, possibly. No matter yeah. how much oh, yeah. plastic surgery you have, you're recognisable. If Sydney can recognise her, because Gail would have had to do so much research on Billy. Yeah. And that would have come. Maybe even Mrs. probably Loomis. tried to interview her mum or yeah. his mum, sorry. Yeah, no, I agree with that because she says, she says to Sydney later on, because I love this scene between them both, because she says, you know, you know what I'm sick of? And you know what makes me sick? Blaming the parents. Yeah. And so, yeah, maybe she got a lot of flack for that. And then you've got the 
<laughs> so it's the one-liners as well. It, it, say Sydney with the one-liners is fantastic. It's she's on about you know, this is how her and Mickey met. So she met him on a serial killer website and she funded his college tuition so that he had the opportunity to do it. Yeah. You know, he needed a little love and nurturing and Sydney's like, as only a mother can do. Yeah. And it's just uh, Mrs. Lewis's face when she says it. She looks so And he's like, when he's on about my son's like, you did such a good job, like, very yeah. well done, yeah. <laughs> and I was don't just give a like, shit, does she? Not the time, Sid, not the time. But then Mickey's like, wait for the trial, it's going to rock. And she's like, there's not going to be a yeah. trial. Shoots Mickey. Mickey manages to get a shot off at Gail who falls into the stage floor. I th- I, well, it's the stage pit. I think it's where the orchestra goes. Yeah. And we learn that, you know, Mrs. Loomis's plot is not... Because she's a... Well, she is a psycho for wanting to do this, but she just wants revenge yeah. on Sydney for what she did to Billy. And she uh, explains what's gone on and then she's like, you know... Have I covered everything? Any questions? And she's like, well, who gives a fuck anyway? Let them try and find the real Debbie Salt. She yeah. doesn't exist. And then Sydney just pops out and she's like, you're as crazy as your son was. And you're just sitting there like, for fuck's sake, Sydney, just shut up. <laughs> you're not making it any easier on yourself. Whether she's trying to prolong Mrs. Loomis's rage so she can think of something else, I don't yeah, know. But maybe. it is hilarious. And... Uh, then oh this bit this bit's interesting so she and sydney ends up getting backstage and starts chopping at it, all the it's stuff. a bit cringe all this shit and the yeah but the worst thing is when she's trying to cl- those those fucking boulders are made of styrofoam they bounce on mm. the stage floor but yet they take her down and yeah. i was just like like why the f- i mean i get why sydney's chopping at the stuff trying to knock things like spotlights down yeah. on it and stuff that makes sense but then she starts waving the thunder thing <laughs> like, yeah. what are you doing sid and then especially when she finishes all that and she thinks she might have stopped her where does the axe go why do you not have the axe in your hand still she's just like nah fuck it i'm done but she pops out and they're all like she's fighting they're having a you know they're attacking each other and cotton walks in with a gun yeah and then i love this scene this is really clever it is is good so cotton's holding the gun debbie's holding sydney up with a knife and she's debbie's well mrs loomis is saying you know i can give you anything you want cotton you can be the sole survivor you can be the star and the problem is with the audience, we don't know enough about Cotton to not know that that's. I said this. Do you think Co- Do you think purpose? Cotton was genuinely contemplating whether no. or not to do it? Yeah, I don't think. I think he's either. a good guy. I just think. I he think wants he acted. To, I, I I might be delving way too far into this, but I noticed when Mrs. Loomis was trying to convince Cotton, she was hid right behind Sydney's head, making it a very difficult shot to get. Yeah. But then when Cotton's like acts as if he's like contemplating yeah, like it she literally moves away from him and has his face of excitement so she it creates it creates a clearer shot for him whether or not that was cotton doing that to to try and make her make it an easier shot no i agree 100 yeah. percent. i think cotton definitely acted like he was interested to build a false sense of security which made mrs loomis move away Lewis. from move ahead or because it, it if you watched it back, you'd see, but she's literally right behind. You can only see oh, her no, eyes I know. behind the shoulder. Yeah, you can just see her eyes. So if that was directed to purpose to do that, it was quite clever. Yeah. So, you know, he says he says to Sydney, he's like, I bet that Diane Sawyer interview is looking right, really good right about now. And she just goes, consider it done. Yeah. And he shoots. They both fly back. You don't know who is shot until Sydney stands up. And she's sort of like, it's all good. Gail's alive. She's in the stage pit. The yeah. bullet 
bounced off her ribs and so she's all right. Sydney says to I like this bit. Sydney's got a gun and Gail goes over to Cotton and Sydney and she says to Cotton, give me the gun. Yeah, and he gives her it. And he gives her it. And so it's Sydney and Gail with the guns and she's sort of like looking at Mrs. Loomis because she's remembering the scare scene at the end of the first one. But it's actually Mickey from behind who uh, pops up. She shoots Mickey, then she just puts a bullet between Mrs. Loomis's eyes and she's like, it's done. Uh, they walk out, Gail's, Joel's appeared, Gail's reporting the news, Dewey comes out in an ambulance and so she's like, oh God, no, I'm going I'm going with Dewey. She goes with Dewey, which is a character development from the first one because she didn't go with him yeah. in the first one. And then they're all trying to interview Sydney and Sydney's like, oh no, you should interview Cotton, he's the real hero. So now she's settled the score with Cotton a little bit. Yeah, it's sort of like, you've got the even, fame now. Yeah. And that is the end of the movie. Look at the fun facts. I think I knew a lot about the first one. But I didn't know that. I've got that. nearly half a page of fun facts. I'm, Jesus. I'm ready. So first of all, everybody's favourite bit. You haven't got it right yet. I'm not counting screamers. You've got it right because you no. knew it already. You knew it. It's I've not still got it right, but I didn't guess. Yeah, but the point is to guess. So what is the budget for Scream Two? Uh, can't remember what the first one was. Do you want me to tell you what the first one was? No, 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 no. I'm gonna go 115 million. Okay, so the budget was twenty four million. Fuck's sake! You were way out. What was the box office? Six hundred and fifty million. I don't know. It's one of the biggest horror films ever. I don't know. I don't even know. If fucking one hundred and seventy two point. I don't even know if Avengers fucking got their numbers. Yeah, <laughs> Avengers definitely fucking got their numbers. One hundred and seventy two point four million was the box office. That's right. what it made. So my behind the scenes facts: the cast were not informed of who the killer was until the principal photography was finished. So they didn't have a clue up until the last 10 pages of the script, essentially. Mm. And the only person who knew was Nev Campbell, who played Sydney. The usher who hands the masks out in the cinema at the beginning won the role in a contest from NTV. Oh, that's and sick. she got she won the role from that. In Scream, Sydney quips that if they make a movie of this whole case with her look she'd be played by Tori Spelling and in Stab Tori Spelling play Sydney mm. which is quite funny uh, the titles for Scream 2 that were considered were Scream Again Scream Louder and Scream the Sequel before they just settled on Scream 2 The f- there were Friends references throughout relating to Courtney Cox so it was the idea of um, David Schwimmer played Dewey yeah. who plays Ross in Friends and when they're on about Gail having nude pictures out and she says it was my head it was Jennifer Aniston's body who mm. plays Rachel and Friends so they were featured quite a lot the chief Chief Hartley is David Arquette's dad Louis mm. Arquette who, yeah, in the film it was originally scheduled to open alongside Tomorrow Never Dies and Titanic but both films shifted their dates to not clash with Scream mm. Titanic crazy I mean Tomorrow Never Dies I don't really care because I never watched those films anyway but titanic was massive kevin williamson submitted a five page outline for scream 2 when he did his pitch for scream so he'd already planned the first five pages of scream 2 before scream was even being filmed matthew lillard stew has a cameo i know that in the party he's got bright bleach blonde hair so not many people recognize him but he is in it Derek and Hallie were rumoured to be the original killers, but it was changed when the script got leaked. 
So who was that? Derek, the boyfriend, and Hallie, Sydney's friend, oh. the one who got killed just after the car crash. Uh, but it was a dummy draft because they knew that people were releasing the script, so they released right. fake script to throw everybody off. And lastly, in the deleted scenes, it shows Mickey and Hallie as a couple. So originally they were meant to be a couple, oh. which makes it a bit sadder because, mind you, it's sort of like Stu and Tatum, I suppose. Yeah. Mickey killed Hallie. And yeah. those are my fun facts. Would you rather? Would you rather them finish it at Scream Four, yeah. or would you rather them? Would you rather finish it at Scream Four as it stands, or let them re- let them produce another two films, so Scream Five and Scream Six, like they're planning to do? I think. Is that yeah. right? But you know, Sydney dies in one of them, but you do not know when or where. I'd rather finish it at Scream Four. Really? I honestly, I believe that Sydney is as much of part of a scre- of Scream as Ghostface is. So to lose Sydney from Scream is like losing Ghostface from Scream. I genuinely believe that she... It's her story. I know. I'd, I think I'd still want her to produce another two. No, I couldn't. I, I just couldn't kill Sydney off. I just feel like it'd lose something for me. If if she gets killed off in this fifth one, I will not be watching the sixth. Yes, you will. No, Oliver, I mean you it. Will. Like, no, I genuinely mean I will not watch it. Like That's how passionately I feel about it. I'll still be watching him regardless whether she's in it or not. I might not like him, but I'd definitely still watch him. I'm not losing Sydney Prescott from Scream. I can't cope with it. So my Let's film, my film now, isn't it? Yeah. As sure above, week. as above, so below. We're going to find okay. a go for that one. That's what we're watching next week. So, is there a midweek one? The week that yes. I listen to this? Yes. Yes, it's my turn. Right. So enough. we'll have a midweek episode on Thursday, and we'll yeah, see. Thanks for listening. Yeah, we'll see you on Monday. Bye.